0: Uh, on the food and on uh, fellowship. And so praise God. Uh, The other thing we have, uh, I missed it last week. How many of you have ever missed something? Okay. Last week we had a special announcement. And if you know, if you've been around me long enough, you'll know 90% of the time I will miss (laughs) announcements because it is where I spend the least amount of my time and thought process during a service. But I missed this very special announcement. I'm going to invite Connor and Madison to come forward. All right, let me grab a microphone here real quick. You know, Madison's been in this church a few years. How many years? A lot. All righty. And so... uh, since Madison's been here longer, I'm going to ask Madison to just tell you all what all happened in her life. Um, he, we are engaged. <laughs> Pastor Ralph forgot to say it last week, and I almost left the church. <laughs> <laughs> it was borderline. We were this close. Now, not everybody knows this young man. Can you introduce your, your fiancé? This is Connor, my fiancé. Special date. Special. Uh, we will be getting married on <laughs> protocols to this. Protocol. I've never gotten married before, so we gotta double check. We will be getting married on December tenth. Congratulations, guys! So I'm going to ask our elders to come. We're going to pray over them because you know what, engagement processes are wonderful. But they also they also can be challenging, right? Because um, as soon as, as a couple makes that decision to come forward and say, hey, we've just gotten engaged and we're going to honor God in our relationship, um, and, uh, and then the enemy starts attacking. And so we're going to bless them right now, and so reach your hands out towards them, and we're just going to bless this couple as they uh, continue to move towards that place of... Uh, of relationship, of marriage this coming December. And so, praise God, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we anoint uh, Connor and Madison right now in the name of Jesus, and we pray as they move towards this wedding date of December 10th, Father, that you will bless them Father, that you will go before them and prepare the way, and Father, I pray that you would help them to uh, gird up their loins, Father, that you would help them to put that hedge of protection around themselves that will not only protect their minds, but their relationship in this, in this season that is ahead of them as they prepare for marriage. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in them, and we thank you that we get as a church to walk alongside of them in this journey. Bless them, we pray, and we ask for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Huh? <laughs> Praise God. I know. Pastor Willie asked if I actually said, gird up your loins, and I did, you know. <laughs> you know, there's certain things you can't get away from, from the old days, you know. King James is still embedded in my uh, mind in so many passages, but uh, praise God, it just comes out, it flows. Um, <laughs> oh, God is so good. and I'm glad that we can enjoy and have laughter in church, right? So today the sermon is going to be a little different, um, but that's okay, I'm a little different some days, right? Um we're going to talk about the last will and testament. Now how many of you have ever done any planning and put together a will? Okay. I I am glad that many of you have done that. Who decides what happens in your life if you don't have one? The government. How many want to turn over uh, anything to the government to decide what happens with everything that you have when you die? Nobody. Let's be honest. You want to have some input in this, right? Now, today I'm not actually going to have you generate your own will today, but I want you to hear some of the things that are going on. Part of what um, that I did, my wife and I did years ago, we, we created a will, um, and in that will not only did we determine what happened to our wealth, our possessions, but also what would happen with the care of our children. That if you know, number one, if, if something happened and our immediate family couldn't um, get there quickly, that there was a proctor that stood in immediately to provide care for our children. None of us know how much time we have left here on this earth, but we do know this, that there is a time when the Lord calls on name and we're out of here. We're gone. And you cannot shortcut that, you, you know, God is in control and we need to leave it in his hands because it's a good place to be. But we went through that and, and then we've updated it through the years and we created a living will and we talk about all these things that we want to happen should events happen in our life that, you know, um, change how we are functioning today. Because today you have clear thought, Right? But not always will you have clear thought. And so if you decide now on this side who, you know, what you want to have happen, then you're able to make decisions in an informed manner. So I want you today to begin to think in the way of a will. And so I've got a little exercise on the back side of your notes section is this document that it looks like a, you know, it looks like old script. And, uh, On the front section of that, on the top of it, it says, I give freely, transfer, devise, plan by careful thought, and bequeath to leave to, and you get to fill in the blank here. I know this is sounding strange, but what I want you to do, um, we're going to have some bequeathing music going on here. And I want you to take a few moments off of the top of your head. I want you to give, to to list the, fill in the name. And if you're single and you don't have uh, any children or a significant other, find fill in that person who means the most to you. And I want you to list off the top five things that you would like to bequeath to them, that you would like to give to them. And so uh, during this song, just go through there, the top five things that come to mind. All right? Just take a few more moments. I know some of you are thinking, what in the world do I have to leave anyone? But you have more than you realize. you're joining us online, make sure you do the same. Write down, go ahead and write down your list of uh, what you would list to people or what you leave to those that you love. Just about another minute and then we're going to move on here. Good music selection to you <laughs> all righty, you know, I was thinking more about that gird up your loins quote, and that really is a good thing to talk about people looking at getting married, so uh, praise god so <laughs> but that has nothing to do with this moment here so um so let's discuss a, for a moment um, this simple process of establishing. Um, what you're going to leave for those you love. Now, I'm not going to ask you for your um, list today. Um, But let me, I've I've sat with a few people that have put together a a will. Um, As a pastor, as a chaplain, I've been able to sit with a lot of people doing these things. Can I give you a list of some things that I never hear someone put on their will? I bequeath to my children a good name, a legacy, hope, joy, peace. Now I have been part of some doozy of fights as a will is being read. I I have been part of some major blowouts as the will is I've seen families split. Because a will is read. And um, somebody didn't get what they wanted. Or, this was the one that was powerful, it was all left to somebody who was not part of the family. Those are, those are, <laughs> those are amazing ones. And, and these people who are not part of this person's life for most of their life, they came together for the reading of the will, and uh, and they got nothing. <laughs> he had donated it all to charities that had really ministered to him, to organizations, and uh, we don't realize how much how important relationships are until we have. Um, we look at what they've left us with. Now, I did not get my walk of faith from my father. But when my dad left this world, what he left me was invaluable. He taught me how to work hard. Now, that's a, that is a lesson that people need to learn today. <laughs> you know, he, he taught me how to, to work. A 10 or a 12 hour day and still come home. He, he taught me how to show respect to people. Now, my dad wasn't, he was, he was never a believer until um, about two months before he died. But my dad never disrespected anyone in public. You know, he spoke politely to them. He didn't go out in public a lot, but he always communicated respect to anyone he came in contact with. He was well respected at his work because of, uh, of the man of stature that he was. And, and I look at those lessons that I was able to glean from him. Someone who didn't know Jesus, and yet I was able to learn some valuable lessons that have carried me. Now, my dad left me zero when he died. No money. But he left me with lessons that are still today producing fruit. And so many times, we have people that are fixated on how much money, or who's going to get the house, or who's going to get this, and we forget the most important things that we're leaving those that we love, which is a remnant of us, a piece of us that will make a difference in their life. So I want to encourage you as we move forward today that you begin to change your thought process regarding this whole thought process of a will. Even if you've already done one, I want you to begin to think differently from here forward. This, this last week I've been focused on Easter. I've been focused on um, thinking about Christ and the resurrection. And this this topic came to mind that I want to start us, and this is really going to start us down this journey over the next several weeks. Easter this year is early. Um, It is the first Sunday in April. And today is the last Sunday in February. So it's, what, five weeks away. I think there's only four Sundays in in March. I I didn't look for sure. Um, But it's either Four or five Sundays, or it's either five or six Sundays away is Easter. Okay? Not much time. So it's a good time to think about the resurrection. Now the reality is we can think about the resurrection every day. Right? Because it impacts our life and everything that we do. But I want to leave with you today, I want to help us to focus on the things that Jesus left behind. That he gave us. He gave us the gift of peace. What a gift. John 14, 26, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. We were given the gift of peace from Jesus when he left. The gift of peace. We have been given such a precious gift gift that we don't always realize. Sometimes we act like we have to go out and find our peace. (laughs) We go out into the wilderness to find peace. We turn off all the noise in the house and go to a quiet place to find peace. We equate it with peace and quiet. So sometimes we look at the two interchangeably in that thought process. But really, peace is not the absence of anything it's the presence of Christ and so when we're seeking peace what we are seeking is that Jesus Christ will be magnified will be uplifted in our lives and if your life is in chaos chaos if there is a lot of external noise going on then you have to choose to turn up Christ in your life Jesus left us with God's word the gift of excuse me the gift of joy John 15, 11 says, I have spoken these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That his joy. What a gift that he gave us his own joy. He doesn't want you to rely only on your own joy. How many of you have struggled finding joy at times? Okay. There there are difficult moments sometimes that come in our life and And it is difficult to put on a happy face. And yet we have been given the gift of joy. The joy of Christ. You know, let the joy of the Lord be our strength, right? That we sang songs about it in the, you know, back, you know, 20 years ago. Now I'm not saying we don't sing about it today, but I'm sure we could even put a better beat to it or a newer beat to it today and still enliven that song. It's not that it was a bad one, I mean. Music just is, right? It changes with the times. <laughs> I remember when I was first saved back in 1982, uh, that anything that had a drum beat to it was looked at as devil music. Did anybody else ever hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lou. But, you know, and yet God has drums listed in the scripture and somewhere in the church we came up with this thought process that, you know, it, you know, because these tribes over in, you know, certain areas, you know, they had this beat music and it summoned up these evil spirits and, you know, but we also thought that, you know, we also had a period of time we thought Barney was the devil, so that little purple dinosaur, so, um, and he wasn't. At least I don't think so, but, anyways, um, but but we get stuck on things, and, and it's it's it really is indicative of how we lose our joy today because our joy is attached to a lot of external things, and our joy cannot be externally related because life has ups and downs, and that's why Jesus left us with a his joy and his desire was that our joy would be full and the only way we have a level of joy that is full is if we have more of Jesus do you see a theme here (laughs) if we want peace we have to add more of Jesus if we have if we want joy we have to add more of of joy and our third one is he left us with the word of God The word of God is a gift. He said, for I have given them my words which you gave me. They have received them. And certainly know that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. John 17, 8. Church, God left us with his word. It's his gift to us. John 1, 1. The word was Christ. And Christ was the word. So, he gave us A significant gift that literally has the ability to fill us with his presence over and over. And that's why Jeremiah says, you know, thy word was found and I did consume it. And thy word for me became the joy and rejoicing of my soul. So if we struggle with peace, if we struggle with joy, we have to add more of Jesus to our life. And so when Jesus left this world, he gave us everything we could possibly need to live a productive, effective life. See, God wants us to be both productive and effective. There are things for us to do. We were not called to just sit and be hidden. You know, we have that the psalm that talks about not allowing our light to be hidden under a, a bushel. Now, how many of you have ever tried putting something, you know, uh, some, t- some type of a covering like that over a light, uh, a candle light? Have any of you ever done that? What happens to it? it that thing will either catch fire and start out, or... It'll put the candle out if it if it has the ability squelch the oxygen level enough that that Now I know I one time I wanted to see what was under my bed And we didn't have a lot of flashlights when I was a teenager anybody else that way And I took a candle underneath there and by golly those beds burn quickly God did not make our light to be covered. He wants it to be growing, expanding, brightening, to, to give light in the midst of darkness. So we want, He wants us to increase our level of light. And that only happens through the Word of God, church. If you don't become a student of God's Word, how can Jesus Christ ever increase in your life? You have to know Him. I can only do so much from this pulpit. Pastor Willie, Pastor uh, Jerry, he, I know he's an elder. He's not a pastor. He said, I'm not the pastor. I understand, Brother Jerry. You know, He's an elder, and, uh, and he does. But even what they do on Wednesday night, the limit, the reach is limited if you don't do something with it. I tell you to take notes and go home and study it. That it is your responsibility to make sure that everything, I, whoever is standing here shares, lines up with the Word of God. If you don't, then you will be one of those that could be led astray down the road. You have to know the Word of God. And anytime someone shares something contrary to God's Word, you're going to be able to say, wait, that does not align with the Word of God. And you have the right to come to me and say, Pastor, you shared this, and this is what the Word says. I'm confused. Now, I appreciate it when somebody comes to me like that. Because what it says is they've studied the Word. And they're willing to come to me for clarification. Because as much as I would love to believe I would never make a mistake up here, the odds are pretty good that I'm going to misspeak along the way. I'm going to misquote. It's not intentional. And if you know, if you're reading the Word and you catch those moments and you come to me, now what I don't want you to do... (laughs) hear me on this, is then start promoting on Facebook, well, pastor said this today in the sermon, and boy, is he going to hell because uh, that's not what God's word says. Because let me just be honest with you, there are those in the world that operate that way. If you have an issue with me, you come to me. And we will work it out. But that is also your responsibility, how you handle... Dealing with the offense. Or dealing with the the area that you feel like is off. But it only happens because you know the word of God. Know his word. The fourth gift is the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38 says... Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have been given the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. I love receiving gifts. Um, I've gotten all kinds of great gifts through my life. I've gotten some gifts that have not been as great. But I love giving gifts, and I will love on people for whatever gift they give me. But one of the things that I've always made a habit of is actually receiving the gift. Um, We cannot sit back and get a gift and just leave it in its package and ever enjoy it. How many of you have ever gotten a gift and you put it away With thought, oh, I'll get that out one of these days and enjoy it. And you don't. And eventually, you get beyond its usefulness. And you missed out on a gift. Now, the reality with the Holy Spirit is, you're never going to get beyond his usefulness. But it would be a shame for you not to take advantage of it from day one. In my car, it has lots of great features. Heated seats. I love, I never in my life thought the value of heated seats until I had a vehicle with them. Um, but also, um, windshield wipers, you know, in the midst of a storm. Um, all these different features in a vehicle are worthless until I activate them, um, do you realize that if you bought, went out today and bought a brand new vehicle and parked it at home, and in 10 years, 15 years, that there would be portions of that vehicle that would no longer work even though they have never been used? Because they actually were meant to be used. And inactivity actually breaks down the instruments almost quicker than activity. So you have to realize that if you don't put to use those gifts that God has given you, those, the Holy Spirit in your life, then what happens is you start losing the value of who he is. You'll never outuse him. You'll never wear him out. The gift of the Holy Spirit that was given some 2,000 years ago is just as powerful today but you have to to avail yourself of that power. You have to activate it in your life. Number five, eternal life. Romans 6.23, part of the Roman road that we work with people on as we help them to experience forgiveness and salvation. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. Through Christ. When Christ died, we receive the possibility of eternal life. The possibility. We must receive it. That eternal life does us no good if we don't receive it. Because here's the truth. If you ignore that gift of eternal life, and your, li- and your life is called upon, and you leave this world without Him, Scripture is clear that our destination is hell. Those aren't my words, those are His. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. It is, it is one way or the other. There is no in-between in His kingdom. God wants you to receive eternal life, but you can choose death. You can choose death. How should we react to such abundant generosity that was left to us by Jesus? Should we carelessly carry them around in a... a, safe or in, a, in our wallets, in, uh, in our back pocket, and act like they're just something to get us through a, the next difficult moment? Or should we live them as they are the greatest gift, the greatest thing that ever happened to me in life? The Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I love that thought process. Indescribable. There are things about who Jesus is that are are just indescribable. We can't come up with an ability to paint a picture about this gift that God has given me. Now other gifts that we don't have time to explore today, which have equal value, I think, for us. Forgiveness, hope grace and love there's many other gifts that we could go through the scriptures and begin to list off for you that that speak to forethought if you go back to our earliest definition of what this this whole thought process to give freely to transfer to plan by careful thought to leave that it, that's what it means to bequeath. That, and when you look at what Jesus did, he, he gave us freely, with careful thought, some specific things that would enhance our life, that would change our life. As we close today, I want to direct us to one final passage and. It's really where I started earlier this week in my time of prayer. Um, Luke 22, 41 and 42. It says, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So I began to think about these two wills, the will of the Father and the will of the Son. And I I began to relate them to um, our last will. What Jesus was leaving, yes, they were gifts that he was giving, but they were the gifts of the Father to us. That Jesus was simply extending the gifts that the Father had given him to us. As you live your life today, how are you living in such a way to make a difference in the lives of the people you touch? More than anything in my life, I, I pray that when I, I leave this world that I will leave my children a good name. I will leave them with a hope. I will leave them with joy. I will leave them with a, an understanding of what love, the love of God, is all about. You know, it, it would be so sad if I lived my life and at the end of it my children did not know the love of the Father. Now I'm thankful. I am blessed beyond measure. My children all love God. Uh, they love Jesus, they work uh, in accordance with their giftings, they serve out of what God placed in them. That was never a requirement that I placed that they serve in a specific area. My requirement was that they seek God and they serve where God called them. Because there's always a requirement. It's the same thing I put on you all. (laughs) I tell you frequently, um, there comes a point where you need to stop sitting and start doing You need to serve. God wants you to serve somewhere. Do something. Don't leave or don't live this life just receiving. Give. The more you give, the more excited you will become and the more you will have to give. It's the way God's system works. So, church, as you begin to pray through this week, you begin to think about the resurrection, I want you to think about the will of the Father. The will of Christ. And think about your will. What are you leaving behind for your children? What are you instilling in them today that will make a difference? The greatest gifts that you can leave for someone are things that they can enjoy today. Not just when you're gone. Don't, Don't leave them this thought, Well, when I'm gone, they'll know that I love them. No, let them know now. (laughs) Uh, Let them experience it now. Let them experience all the things that you want them to know about who um, God is in your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this great day. I thank you that um, even as uh, your son prayed in the garden, not my will but thine be done. I understand that uh, he was talking about the, you know, the path that he had to walk and the things that he had to accomplish, but, Father, the concept is that it's not about what you know, we want all the time. It's about what you want. And when we think about our wills that we are putting together, you should be at the forefront of our thought process in the establishment of a will. Especially because it talks about what we're going to leave behind for our children, for those that we love, for our families, for our church. You've called us to make a difference. Help us to live in such a way that we begin to make a difference today. And we thank you. We pray your blessing on this and uh, ask for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, remember, tonight, 6 p.m., men's Bible study, Book of Philippians. Now, if you have not read the Book of Philippians in the last couple weeks, please read it today. It's, I think, what, four chapters? Something like that. It's short. You can read it today before you come, and then we're going to have a great time. Now, we want you to come regardless, but we want you to come ready to discuss and open up God's Word and uh, share uh, the things that God's Word has done for you in your life. So, praise God. Um, Pastor Nancy is over at Open Bible Christian Center today. Um, She was unable to be with us because she is uh, part of a... uh, giving out of a, a ministerial license, and so that's part of her, her position there with the district, and she does that joyfully, so I'm excited for her in that, but uh, we uh, definitely miss her when she's not here with us, so, all right, praise God, let us uh, go ahead and have our ushers come, we're going to wait upon you for morning tithes and offering. All righty. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and we pray your blessing on this offering that it would be multiplied to meet the needs of your church. We thank you for your faithfulness in all that you do and uh, uh, we just pray your blessing uh, on the things that, Father, you're beginning to uh, stir in our hearts today and uh, we ask for this in your name. Amen. Just want to remind you while they're receiving the offering, uh, starting March 3rd, that's this week, uh, 6.30, uh, Pastor Willie, uh, Elder Jerry, they're going to be starting this brand new series on forward. Who likes going forward? Okay. Unless you're Mater and you're gifted at driving backwards, let's focus on going forward. Okay, So, I know if you're not a fan of some of those things, you don't have any kids, you miss that. But that's alright, we'll talk with you later. Alrighty, God bless you, love on one another today.